artificial intelligence at the speed of light. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Dr. Nick Harris, founder and CEO at Light Matter. Welcome, Nick. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So what do you do at Light Matter? Um, so the company or myself? Well, let's start with the company. Yeah, so we're building a new, new type of computer. Um, it's turning out that uh, the current technology that people use to build computers is hitting some fundamental limits. And we found a way to get around those using light rather than electrical signals. And, and we're really focusing on taking this photonic computing technology and applying it to artificial intelligence. Um, so in a nutshell, that's what we do. Dive into that a little bit, uh, help people understand um, what the situation is and, and how you're solving it. Yeah, so um, with transistors, and I'm going to get pretty geeky here. Uh, so with transistors, there's really an energy problem. Uh, so everyone's heard of Moore's Law, and Moore's Law says that every 18 months, the number of transistors on a fixed size computer chip will double. Um, so that's really just talking about how much extra compute you could potentially put onto a chip or memory and really any kind of functionality. Uh, but there's something else that goes along with that and it's quite critical. And that's known as Denard scaling. So every time you double the number of transistors on that chip, you should hope that the energy doesn't double. Otherwise you're gonna run into a heat problem. And since around 2005, we've actually been running into a heat problem. Um, so that's the end of Denard scaling and computer chips are really hot. Um, so you've probably heard of NVIDIA's A100 chip. That's a 450 watt computer chip. Um, if you're a, a geek that buys power supplies for computers, 450 watts just for the, the GPU is like quite a budget, actually. You're going to need like a kilowatt power supply for this. Um, and, you know, that's not really a big problem, but the major issue is pulling that heat out of the silicon. Um, so this heat problem ultimately turns into a performance problem because while we have more transistors every 18 months, Moore's Law is still going, you can't actually put those extra transistors to work. Um, so they can't run at the same time because you sort of hit this cooling limit. And that's around this 400 watts that I'm talking about. And so if you look forward in the future, you're gonna see transistor-based computers really plateauing because they can't pull the heat out of the chip and they can't use the extra transistors that Moore's Law is giving us. How does switching from electrons to photons address the heat dilemma? Yeah, so um, the heat dilemma is related to the physics of the transistor. Uh, transistors are devices that process electrons and electrical currents. Um, we're using optical components. It's a completely new set of physics, and it doesn't have a related set of problems. And in fact, it has some significant benefits. So um, with electrical signals, ultimately, you have transistors that are connected to other transistors through wires. And what sets the speed limit on these devices is how fast you can turn off and on those wires. Uh, there are concepts of resistance, inductance, and capacitance. With optical systems, resistance and inductance and capacitance don't exist. And so you can switch these wires very quickly. Um, we work at a wavelength of 1.5 microns. That's about 193 terahertz of switching bandwidth. Um, compare that to a couple gigahertz clock frequency for a CPU you can kind of see that there's a big runway for what you could do with an optical computer just in terms of switching. And there are other really cool properties of optics that I'm happy to tell you about as well. So scale this discussion up from photons to computing devices. Why do yeah. you say that the current path of AI computing is not sustainable? Um, well, it's really more 
broad than just the path of AI computing. Um, there is data from OpenAI that shows that the growth in the amount of compute required to build and run state-of-the-art neural nets is about five times Moore's law. So if you just look at that data point, you say, all right, well, I can't rely on Intel or AMD or NVIDIA or any other company to give me a transistor-based chip that will be able to power that growth. So what I'm going to have to do is build a massive data center. And that's the story you're seeing in AI. Um, if you look at GPT-3, which is a network from OpenAI, Microsoft built a supercomputer for them to build one neural network. Um, so the scale of these things is growing really rapidly. Uh, and if you pair that with the problem in Denard scaling, this energy problem, you start to see a, a significant environmental impact and just challenges with keeping these things cool and keeping it economical. At some point, you're, you're spending a lot of money to build these networks. And what you'd really like is to have more compute in the same power footprint, which is what we used to get 20 years ago with electronics and what light matter is going to bring back. What about operating systems and programming languages? Do they need to change in concert with photonic hardware? Uh, no. So we're using PyTorch, TensorFlow, and Onyx. These are the standard front ends that computer scientists and software engineers use to uh, build and deploy neural network models. And so it's pretty plug and play. Our software library is called Idiom. And Idiom just takes the standard code that they're already running and lets you run it on photonic hardware from Light Matter. Are there any drawbacks or limitations to computing with light? Um, yeah, I think uh, so. Optical computers, as a as a whole class, are um, basically not digital, and what that means is that you're not able to do floating point accuracy number representation. And uh, in scientific computing, that could be a problem. In the case of machine learning, it's not a problem. In fact, if you look at the architectures that places like Google and Nvidia are building there's something that looks a lot more like an analog precision machine. And so um, that's kind of where it plays. If you want to get floating point 64 accuracy, this is probably not where to look right now. We do have ideas on how to get there, uh, but we think it's sufficient for machine learning and a lot of high performance computing applications, but maybe not for like ultra high precision uh, computing applications. You mentioned standard PC power supplies. Will we be building our own desktops with optical computers? Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe in the future. I think right now we're using some pretty bleeding edge technology on uh, the packaging front. So when you look at light matter chips, they're actually 3D stacks of chips. Um, that's a technology that's becoming more and more mainstream. You've seen Intel's Foveros technology and NVIDIA has 2.5D integration. So these things are starting to be more and more mainstream, but they're not cheap yet. And uh, I think over the next few years, could be possible. Now, whether you could actually take our cards and plug it into your computer and build one with that, absolutely. We use PCI Express. And so if you had a light matter card, you could plug it into your computer. You'd need our drivers, of course, but yeah. What are the best use cases for photonic computing so far? Yeah, so machine learning in general. So we're building a general purpose AI accelerator. And so we can run any of the models, uh, natural language processing, image processing, uh, speech to text. Like you can think of any, any sort of application, recommenders. Let's say you're on Amazon or Facebook or some other website that's recommending products or friends to you. Those models all run on light matter hardware. Um, so we're very general purpose for AI. We have ideas on other areas that we can expand to in the future, uh, places like search algorithms and, and a whole class of things like rendering traditional things that are done in GPUs. Uh, but we're focused on AI for now. 
So how close are we to seeing photonic computers solving other real world problems? Um, well, I think AI is quite general. So you'll see AI applied to um, many real world problems. Uh, you know, you're probably talking to Alexa or Siri or one of the voice assistants daily. That's a task that we can absolutely accelerate. We can save a ton of energy, uh, footprint in data centers, all of these things and really speed things up and allow people to run bigger and more powerful models. Um, so it's already kind of everywhere. And, and what we're doing is, is quite general. Dr. Nick Harris, founder and CEO at Light Matter. Thanks for joining us, Nick. How can someone find you? Yeah, just reach out to me at uh, the analog Nick on Twitter. I love it. <laughs> Thanks again, Nick. Yeah, thank you. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.